Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 15th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Gold hit a four-week high on Thursday after the Fed raised interest rates, but it's fallen back to earth so far today on dollar strength. As I record this podcast, gold is trading at 12 8540 silver is at 1687 and the silver gold ratio stands at 76.39 the greenback was especially strong versus the euro after the european central bank announced thursday it would likely hold its interest rate steady through the summer of 2019 the ecb isn't nearly as keen on tightening as the fed the european bank plans to continue quantitative easing at least through the end of this year Quote, we decided to keep the key ECB interest rates unchanged, and we expect them to remain at their present levels at least through the summer of 2019, and in any case for as long as necessary, ECB President Mario Draghi said during a press conference. According to Draghi, net asset purchases will remain at the current monthly pace of 30 billion euros until the end of September, then be reduced to 15 billion until the end of December. President Trump slapped more tariffs on the Chinese this morning. In a statement, the president announced a 25% tariff would be imposed on a list of strategically important imports from China. He also vowed further measures if Beijing strikes back. Quote, the United States will pursue additional tariffs if China engages in retaliatory measures, such as imposing new tariffs on United States goods, services, or agricultural products, raising non-tariff barriers, or taking punitive actions against American exporters or American companies operating in China, Trump said in a statement. Of course, China will almost certainly strike back. The big news of the week was the FOMC meeting. As expected, the Federal Reserve nudged rates up another 0.25 basis points on Wednesday. Perhaps more significantly, the Fed took a more hawkish tone than expected, signaling it would likely increase rates two more times this year for a total of four hikes. The central bank had been projecting three 2018 rate increases. Building inflationary pressures was a major reason for the Fed's more hawkish tone. According to the latest data released by the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, the Consumer Price Index jumped 2.8% year-over-year in May. The central bankers project inflation will likely run above their 2% target into the near future. Analysts expect the CPI to hit 2.1% this year and run around that level through 2020. Like I said, most analysts have described the Fed's attitude as hawkish, but Peter Schiff made an interesting point in his latest podcast. He said the Fed is actually behaving dovishly when it comes to inflation. By continuing to talk about symmetric inflation, the central bank is giving itself an out to not hike rates as fast, even if inflation numbers justify it. The only way to control inflation is to push interest rates higher. Paul Volcker did that in the 1980s. He brought inflation under control, but the process also crashed the stock market. I don't think the Fed is likely to be willing to do that. And consider this, the interest rate is only at about 2% right now. Even this relatively low rate will have a bigger impact on the bubble economy than anybody believes. So how is the Fed's message on inflation dovish? Well, just look at how they keep moving the bar. The old policy was, we want to have 2% inflation. In fact, the Fed's mandate is to have stable prices. So initially, the Fed said its goal was to keep inflation below 2%. If it was at 1%, well, that was still within the mandate because 1% was lower than 2 
Then it moved the bar. The Fed said, well, our goal is 2%, meaning if it's not 2%, it has to actively work to raise it to that level. Now they've moved the bar again. They don't want to get to 2%. They want to get to symmetrical, around 2%, meaning that we're below 2% for a while. Now we need to be above 2% for a while. It's a clever way of saying, hey, we'll accept higher rates of inflation as long as it's not persistent. Now the Fed is going to have ample cover to talk about or allow inflation to be above 2% because nobody knows what persistent means. There's no set definition of how long, how many months, or years. So that's what I mean by dovishness. The Fed has created an excuse not to raise rates significantly even if inflation creeps up. As I talked about last week, there's some indication that we may have already gotten close to the end of the tightening cycle. 3% may be the new normal for interest rates. In fact, that's nowhere near normal. This inflation issue is going to be a lot more serious than most people seem to think. As I already mentioned, the CPI jumped 2.8% year-over-year in May. That follows on the heels of a 2.5% leap year-over-year in April. This precipitous climb in the CPI means you pay more for less. The purchasing power of the dollar fell 2.93% in May from a year ago. That's the fastest drop since November 2011. 2 or 3% may not sound like a whole lot, but those price increases really start to add up over time. In just five years, you're looking at a 10 to 15% increase in prices or a 10 to 15% debasement of your money. And here's the dirty little secret. Prices are going up even faster than the CPI indicates. The government does all kinds of little accounting tricks to push that CPI number down. For example, the CPI for used cars actually fell 1.7% over the last year. In fact, the CPI for used vehicles is basically at the same level it was in May of 1995. In other words, according to the CPI, the price of a used car today is theoretically the same as it was more than two decades ago. Now, do you really think a used car is cheaper today than it was 23 years ago? Of course not. Inflation skews everything, and we're definitely feeling the impact on our wallets. If you saw the headlines about the latest retail sales figures that came out this week, you probably noticed adjectives like hot, booming, and sizzling. Total retail sales, including food services, were up 5.9% year-on-year in May. That's an impressive number until you factor in inflation. In fact, a decline in the dollar's purchasing power accounted for nearly half the gains in retail sales. If you adjust retail sales for inflation, the numbers sound a little less sizzling. Real retail sales, including food services, rose only 3.1% in May from a year ago. In other words, part of the reason consumers are spending more is because their dollars are buying less. Here's another interesting bit of data that most people aren't factoring into these retail sales numbers. The U.S. savings rate slipped to 3.1% in the first three months of the year, down from 3.9% a year earlier and 4.9% in 2016. So purchasing power of the dollar is eroding even as consumers dip into savings and run up huge credit card bills to maintain their spending. Inflation is a boogeyman lurking in the shadows of the economy. As Peter put it, the Federal Reserve is likely pushing us toward a no-growth, high-inflation economy. In other news, the Bank of Mongolia has launched a campaign to encourage miners and individuals to sell gold to the central bank, along with commercial banks, in order to increase their gold reserves. 
The Bank of Mongolia has been buying gold since the beginning of the year. It purchased over 3.2 tons of the yellow metal in the first four months of 2018. That represents an 8% increase over the same period in 2017. I was reading an article the other day that made an interesting observation. Countries like Russia, China, Turkey, and Mongolia are taking advantage of relatively low gold prices to build up their hoards. It makes sense. That's what we do when something's on sale, right? We buy it. When there's a big sale on toilet paper, my wife will come home with a whole trunk full. That's just smart shopping. You buy the sales. So I wonder why more people don't do that with gold and silver. When the price is low, people seem to forget about it. I hear people saying all the time, eh, gold and silver aren't really doing anything. I'm not going to get into that right now. I'll wait until the market improves. But isn't that kind of like saying, yeah, that toilet paper sale is great, but eh, I'm not going to buy any right now until the price starts going up a little. That makes absolutely no sense. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the precious metals market today and why you should consider buying gold and silver now, talk to one of Shift Gold's precious metal specialists. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. That's 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done so already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. I really appreciate you listening to the show, and we will talk to you again next week.